Wow, amen. Thank you, worship team. Really feel like you led us into the presence of the living God today. Thank you. Wow, church, it is, again, so good to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. I am really excited about this whole sermon series, but in particular, this sermon today as well. All week, I have been so excited because this is one of those passionate themes of the Alliance. Our founder, A.B. Simpson, founded the Alliance on the fourfold gospel. Jesus is our Savior, Jesus is our Sanctifier, Jesus is our Healer, and Jesus is our Coming King. So the first four weeks of our doctrine series, Living What We Believe, will be based off of those fourfold gospel doctrinal realities. And then we'll be moving into God Creates and all kinds of other doctrinal things that we need to look at and answer as to what does the CMA believe, and then what does it do in how we live our lives, because it does change how we live our lives. Well, today we are looking at Jesus sanctifies. And I'm going to open us up again with a word of prayer, and then we're going to be digging into the Word of God together. And I am so excited that we are together on this journey as the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. I thank you for the passionate, energetic worship that we have had today. God, we are so blessed in our church to have such a wonderful team that leads us into the throne room. God, thank you. I pray, Father, that you will use this time as we open up your word and as we see how you sanctify us. I pray that it will change our lives. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will create a hunger for more within us, that we won't be satisfied with where we are, but we will seek a deeper holiness as we will see today. Holy Spirit of the living God, I pray again that you will fall fresh upon us. May your word go and pierce our heart by the power of your spirit. And may we not just learn something new, but may we become someone new. In your name, amen. Amen. Now, whenever you're allowed to, I have a challenge for you. Whenever you're allowed to go back into a grocery store, I want you to look at the magazine rack at the checkout line really quickly for me. And I guarantee that as you do that, as you are socially distant and safe, of course, as you are looking at the magazines, uh, you will notice a very big theme that consistently comes up over and over and over again. There will be three ways to the better you. There will be three ways to better abs. There will be seven ways to be a better husband. Five ways to be a better worker. And all these different types of, of things that are pushing you to be better. They're saying you're not enough, so you need to be better. Now, there is a good aspect to wanting to be better. The fact that we want to better ourselves is not the bad issue. The issue comes in when we feel ashamed as if we don't ever measure up. But when it comes to desiring ourselves to be better, look at Michael Jordan for a second. Michael Jordan is a fantastic, well, was a fantastic basketball player. He's gotten a little bit older. I've never seen him on the court in a long time, so I have no idea if he's still good. But he was very good back in his prime. And every day, Michael Jordan would practice and practice and practice and practice. And he always said, I always have room for improvement. I can always become a better basketball player. I can always become a better sportsman. 
And there was that drive to improve, not feeling ashamed that he wasn't measuring up, but recognizing I have a bigger potential than I could ever realize. And I think that that aspect of wanting to better ourselves is good. It's important that you and I see that there are areas of improvement. Because if I were to ever step up and say, I am the perfect father, I do not need to improve on anything I have been doing with my children, all three of my kids would probably raise their hands and say, oh, there's probably a lot better that you can do, daddy. And I would have to agree because I am not a perfect father. We could always improve. There are areas of our lives that we can better ourselves in. Now, one of the areas that we tend to forget that we can better ourselves in is our growth as a believer. I think many times we come to a place where we say, Jesus saved me, and that's enough. Well, we talked about last week when Jesus saves, there is so much more to it than just that. Because there is so much more to our faith, our growth and development as believers than just being saved from hell. That is a fantastic portion of our believing lives. As we talked about last week, we are saved from Satan's sin and hell, but that is just the beginning. Because deeper holiness is located in the lordship of Christ, not just his salvation. Deeper holiness is located in the lordship of Christ, not just his salvation. And this, my friends, is sanctification. And so today, as we look at the reality that Jesus sanctifies, we, wanna, we need to ask a question. First, what is sanctification? And second, how do we go after it? As believers, if there is a way to better ourselves in our faith, to grow in our intimacy, and to grow in our holiness, how do we go about it? So what is sanctification, and how do we go after it? I'm going to be reading from the scriptures. We're going to be doing what I like to call biblical calisthenics, as we're going to be moving from one book to the other in order to answer these two questions. What is sanctification and how do I go after it? And so you'll see on your screen right now, I am putting the scriptures as I did last week. This week they are much more legible, so you can read them a lot better on your TV screens or your devices. And we're going to begin with Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 24. Here's the word of the Lord. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Acts 2, 33. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Romans 6, 4 through 6. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Hebrews 10, verses 10 through 14. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, 1 Peter 1, 2. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Wow, what powerful passages of Scripture, clearly dealing with this issue of sanctification, clearly dealing with this issue of becoming a better follower of Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit of God to make us better, to sanctify us deeper. So we're going to look at the question, what is sanctification, and then how do we go about going after it? The first thing that we can see is, is that we need to recognize that you and I are on the same page as to what sanctification is. So, sanctification is a process of deepening our holiness. We see this in Hebrews 10, 14, and we see this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. In order to get a, a theological definition of sanctification really quickly, Erickson, a great theologian, says this, Sanctification is the continuing work of God in the life of the believer, making him or her actually holy. We see that in the Hebrews passage where it says that we are being made holy, that this is a process of being made holy. Now, when Christ died on the cross and rose again from the dead, he made it possible for you and for me to be saved. At that moment when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we are made holy. We talked about justification and the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ in that moment. But that right there is what we would call theologically positional sanctification. By our position, we have been made holy. We are declared holy before the throne of God. We have been saved. Christ has stepped in the gap on our behalf, and we can now go to heaven. We are now called children of God. But like I had said also, that is not the end. That is just the beginning. That is just the beginning because sanctification is a process of deepening our holiness. It is a process of deepening our holiness. A.B. Simpson in his book, The Fourfold Gospel, says this, many Christians are converted and stop there. 
They do not go on to the fullness of their life in Christ. Seeking the fullness in our life in Christ is the pursuit of sanctification. Many Christians stay there. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm good to go. I can sit back, throw my legs up, and have my fire insurance from hell. And I am saved. Well, that's not it. That's not the end. Sanctification is a process of deepening our holiness. You and I, we do not have to remain where we are in our depth, in our faith. We can continue to grow. We can continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in our faith. We can continue to know more of God, and we can continue to come to a place of more and more holiness. But this is true. Satisfaction with the depth of our faith leads to the rejection of sanctification. Satisfaction where we are in in our depth of relationship with God now, if we're satisfied with that, that begins the death of sanctification because we are rejecting sanctification when we say, I'm fine, I am where I should be, I have arrived, we are rejecting sanctification. We are pushing back and saying, all I want is salvation. All I want is the fire insurance from hell. I don't want anything else. I don't want anything more. I don't want it to change the way in which I live. I just want to be saved. I want to name myself a Christian and be done with it. Now, that happens with a lot of us. A lot of us go to that place of satisfaction with where we are, and one of the things I love, there's a phrase that has gone around uh, so, so many years among theologians when it comes to sanctification, and that's this, that you and I should have a holy discontent with where we are in our relationship with God. Not to say that it's not good enough, not to say that God is not with us, that God is, is, is holding back necessarily from us, but there should be this pursuit of more because there is so much more. Satisfaction is the beginning of rejecting sanctification. A.B. Simpson, and I know that I've given this illustration several times before, but I just, I can't explain it any better than this. He talks about this possession of more God, of receiving more God, and receiving more holiness by a, a bottle in an ocean. And he says, you know, you could take that bottle and you can fill it with water, but it can only have as much as it can contain. So a bottle, a 20-ounce bottle, can only contain 20 ounces of the ocean. That's all that it can have. And so he said, maybe as believers, we say, I'm full. I've come to the full place of my sanctification. We should recognize that our container is actually really small. We're in this giant ocean, and we can't be satisfied as a 20-ounce bottle in the middle of an ocean because we can have so much more. He said, what if our prayer became, increase my capacity for more, increase my capacity for more holiness, increase my capacity for more of God, increase my capacity for a bigger depth depth with the Lord. Imagine that. Then you could say, I want to be a bathtub in the middle of the ocean full of water. That's a lot more water than a 20-ounce bottle. Or some people, I liken it to the, the ocean liner, this giant Titanic that is in the middle of the ocean. And you say, I want to be able to fill this up and sink to the bottom full of God. And there's still more. Even that giant ship can't contain the entire ocean. We cannot be satisfied 
with the amount of God that we have. We need to have a holy discontent where we seek more, where we desire more of God. It is this hunger for more of God. If we've not come to that place, we need a crisis moment in our lives. A.B. Simpson describes in his life and, and many other folks that I know who have gone into this deeper life of sanctification, hungry for more, explain this process, this moment where they had a crisis of belief, where they recognized that God is my Savior, Jesus is my Savior, but there was a moment where they said, Jesus is also my Lord. There is so much more than just being saved. It's that moment of crisis where it produced this desperation, this absolute desperation for hunger. Have you lost your passion for Christ? As you look at your life and as you look at your walk with Jesus, has your passion waned? Has your passion lessened? Because if it has, beg the Spirit of God to fall fresh upon you. Even right now. Just beg the Holy Spirit of God to fall fresh upon you, to renew your energy, to renew your passion, to renew your hunger for Him. Because, my friends, there is so much more to God. Jesus sanctifies. He doesn't just save. There is so much more for you to attain in your relationship with God and in the depth of your holiness. Do not be satisfied. Paul says very specifically in the book of Hebrews, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, some don't believe that, but I do, I believe that Paul in the book of Hebrews made it very clear where he says those who are being made holy. What he's saying to the Hebrews and, and, and us in that passage is that you will never attain full holiness until you get to heaven. Those who are being sanctified, those who are being made holy. And so we can never, no matter how old or how young we are as believers, come to the place where we say, I have attained everything that God has for me as a believer. I can now sit down and be done. You can never say that. You can never say, I can never say that. We can never say that we have arrived. The moment that we think we arrived is the moment that we're in really deep doo-doo because we've not arrived we need to ask for that hunger. We need to ask to be made holy. And that is what we would call theologically progressive sanctification. There is positional where we are made holy at the moment of belief. But there is also progressive sanctification where we are being made holy. Being made holy over and over again as we bow our knees to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We can see now that sanctification is both positional and progressive. Once we are convinced of those things, how can we go after this deeper level of holiness? To go after it, we must first recognize that sanctification comes when we release our rights to all our desires. Sanctification comes when we release our rights to all our desires. Luke 9 23 through 24, where we are picking up our cross daily. Romans 6, 4 through 6, where we are dying to our old self. And Philippians 3, 7 through 11, where we are counting everything as rubbish compared to knowing Jesus our Lord. Sanctification comes when we release our rights to all of our desires. Now, some people have asked me, Pastor, why do you think many believers don't go after the reality of Jesus sanctifying them? Here's the answer. Because once they dig into it, once you really see what is the requirement for deeper holiness, there is a release of all of our desires. 
Essentially what we're saying in that, in that aspect, what Paul is saying in Philippians and in Hebrews and what Jesus is saying in the book of Luke is saying that we need to let go of all of the things that are hindering us from our walk with Christ, pick up our cross daily, walk behind him as a, a march to death so that we can be made new in life because our old life will always weigh us down and, and hinder our ability to live in our new life. And the desires that we have that are not sanctified, that are not brought into alignment with God's desires for our lives, will always weigh us down. And so there is this sense of, if I'm going to really go after Jesus as my sanctifier, if I'm going to say he's not just my Savior, but he's also my Lord, I have to hand the rights over to everything that I possess and give it to him. Sanctification is not an easy portion of discipleship. But I guarantee you, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. A.B. Simpson says this, The aim and motive must be separated from all that is not for His glory. The source of its pleasure must be purified, and the spirit separated from all joy that is not in harmony with the joy of the Lord. When we deny ourselves this way, we're saying, All of my joy is found in the will of the Father. Jesus died so that I could come to this place of salvation. But he also died so I could come to this place of surrender. Surrender is one of the biggest aspects of sanctification. Because I fully believe that sanctification is a continual death to self. Sanctification is a continual death to self. If you are going to pursue a deeper holiness... If you are going to pursue Jesus as your Lord, not just as your Savior, if you are going to pursue the truth, the fact that Jesus sanctifies, and you are going to ask Him to sanctify you, it will be a daily death. That is why Jesus says in Luke that you must daily take up your cross. You must daily die to yourself. You must daily take up that piece of of murder, essentially, for your old life and pick it up every day. Every day. Every day. It's an aspect of surrender, saying it is about God's will. It is about God's desires for my life, not my own. Sanctification is a continual death to self. A.B. Simpson, in his book, Holy Sanctified, asks a very pointed question. And I made it a part of our sermon notes because I want you to have it written down. I want you to have to ask yourself this question, not just rhetorically, but physically. Here's the question. Is your spirit separated, cleansed, and detached from everything that could defile or distract you from the will of God and life of holiness? I'll read it again. Is your spirit separated, cleansed and detached from everything that could defile or distract you from the will of God and a life of holiness. What he's asking you to do, and what I believe the Holy Spirit is asking us to do when it comes to him being our sanctifier, is to break the strongholds in our lives. Those things that are in our lives that hinder our development, that hinder our hunger, that hinder our sanctification. Because 
if we don't know what to surrender, if we don't know what to lay down, we can continue to walk around with this naivety that we're fine, that everything is good, and that I'm as far along in my faith as I possibly can be. And I tell you, that naivety is from the enemy. It's not from your big, intelligent brain. Trust me, I thought my brain was intelligent and big, and it's not. It's minuscule. The reality is, is that we have got to ask that question daily. David asked it in the Psalms. Search my heart, O God, and know my ways. Is there any offensive way in me? That is a question. That is a prayer of sanctification. Because in the Holy Spirit points it out, we ask the Lord to then remove it. That is giving us His holiness over and over and over. We can become holier and holier and holier because we are those who are being made holy. Sanctification comes with dependence because sanctification comes in deep dependence upon the Holy Spirit. We cannot have this aspect of sanctification in our lives without dependence. Because when we pray the prayer that we had just suggested that you pray, the, asking the questions that I suggested to ask, it is the Holy Spirit who is the one who is going to give you the answer. Jesus, when he died, said, you need to wait for the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, we see that the, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them to be the believers that they were called to be. It was the Holy Spirit that filled them and gave them the capacity to be the disciples that went out and proclaimed the news of Christ, but also became holier and holier and holier. It was the work of the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so when we ask that question and the Holy Spirit points to those areas of our life that we need to surrender, that we need to sacrifice, we have got to be dependent upon Him. We have got to trust that He is going to take what we are giving to Him and that He is going to renew us and that He is going to fill us and that He is going to empower us because He is the one that we need to depend upon. First Peter 1-2, Peter very clearly says, it is the sanctification of of the Spirit. It is the sanctification of the Spirit. Now, what can happen many times to believers as we talk about sanctification, and this has happened in our denomination very often, when it comes to the conversation of sanctification, we take this place and we recognize, okay, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my sanctifier. Lord, I want you to be my Lord, not just my Savior. I want to walk in this, this deeper holiness. And then somewhere along the way, we kind of slap God's hand out of the way and say, I got this holiness thing now. Thanks for walking with me. Thanks for helping me. I, I got it. I'm an American. I can pull myself up by my holiness bootstraps and I can do it. I can pretend even if I think I'm fooling everybody, I know I can do this. Well, you and I can't do it on our own. We cannot depend on ourselves to become more holy because when we depend upon ourselves to become more holy, we're going to leave the cross in the middle of the road and say, I got an easier way to go. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I don't need to die to myself today. I can... I can be me. And the more and more we depend upon ourselves, the further and further we get away from true sanctification. A great theologian said, we choose to be transformed to his image, but we cannot create that image by our own morality or struggles after righteousness. We must be created anew in his likeness by his own spirit and stamped with his resemblance by his heavenly seal impressed directly upon our hearts 
from His hand. It is the sanctification of the Spirit, not the sanctification of Marv, not the sanctification of you. It is the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. If you and I are going to grow in our holiness, if we are going to grow in our, in the, in our uh, intimacy with the Father, if we are grow, going to grow in our individual faith with the Lord and become holier and holier and holier, we've got to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Sometime later in this series, we're going to do a whole sermon, a whole basis of the Holy Spirit's role in the life of the believer. But here, just recognize that it is the sanctification of the Spirit, not your sanctification. It is a daily process of surrendering over to the Holy Spirit. Jim Cimbala, a wonderful pastor in New York, says this, Walking by the Spirit is a a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week lifestyle. It's not about going to church on Sundays. It requires much prayer and sensitivity. And I agree with him. Your sanctification will not grow to the levels that it could if you wait for Sunday every week. If this is your only time of being sanctified, if this is your only set-apart time, there's so much more for you. There's so much more for you. And God wants to dig deep into your life. God wants to utilize maybe even this time to go deeper into your life, to create, to birth that hunger for more. The question is, will you allow Him? Will you daily die to yourself? Will I daily die to myself and take up my cross and follow Christ down the path of progressive sanctification? Or will I just be satisfied with the positional sanctification that I have and show up week after week? There's so much more for you. There's so much more for you. So what does this deeper dependence upon the Holy Spirit look like then? We've seen what what sanctification is and a little bit about how we can go after it. But I want to share with you too that it's important that we look to the life of Jesus Because I believe that (coughs) He is our example. Look to the life of Christ to teach you deeper dependence. If you want to see what it looks like, if you want to see what a life surrendered to the Holy Spirit, surrendered to the life of sanctification, look at Jesus' life. Jesus is our example. Romans 6, 4 through 6 gives this very explicitly. Jesus, while on earth, was fully God and fully man. Now, one of the things I think that we can forget is that Jesus leaned more into his humanity while on earth than he did his divinity. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus lived on earth to show us what it would be like to live a surrendered, Holy Spirit-filled life. He didn't always have the answers right off the top of his head. Many times he went and he got away and he prayed and he spent time with the Father. He was showing us what surrender looks like, what this deeper desire for a deeper intimacy would look like. And many of the miracles and the things that he did, I fully believe if you dig into the Word of God, he did those surrendered to the Holy Spirit to show you and I what it would look like for a believer to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Because he was fully God, he could have done them in and of his own power, no problem, lickety-split, done. But he gave us an example of dependence. Look at his life. His life is an example of 
dependence. Jesus succumbed to the limitations of humanity to show us how to live a life of holiness, surrendered to the Spirit. He could have done it completely different, but this is what he did. He chose purposefully to display for us what a surrendered life looks like. And so if you want to know what does a dependent life look like, what does a sanctified life look like, just go to the Gospels and see the life of Jesus. And Jesus is our example of how to be set apart. Another definition of sanctification is living set apart, being set apart, being alien to where you are. Because when we are sanctified believers, people will look at us strangely. They looked at Jesus strangely. Many people thought he was super weird, super out there, super crazy with some of the stuff he was saying. But he was completely in his right mind. We saw an Easter Sunday, he is Lord because the resurrection happened, which means that everything he said is true. Jesus saves, Jesus sanctifies. If you want to know what it looks like to live a set-apart life, look at the life of Jesus. Sanctification changes everything. Even how we live, it is a daily walk of death to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. But there are so many amazing things that happen in our lives. And one of those is that we begin to impact eternity. Because I fully believe that a sanctified believer impacts eternity. We see the eternal impact that the church had in Acts. Read with me really quickly Acts 1.8. I love this particular passage of Scripture. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. They were able to impact eternity because they surrendered to the sanctifying work that Jesus gave through the Holy Spirit. They were able to impact eternity as a sanctified believer. Listen, when I talk about there's more to our faith than just being saved from hell, man, there is so much more. And part of the sanctified life is being used by God to impact eternity. What greater thing than to co-labor with the creator of all things? What greater desire could we have than to walk alongside, arm in arm, doing God's work with him. God desires to use us in his work. Could he do his work without us? Yes. But he chooses to co-labor with us. And we can really only fully co-labor when we are fully surrendered, when we are asking the Holy Spirit to sanctify us through and through. But when we do, you and I have capacity to impact eternity. Francis Chan said, in our own strength, we can only accomplish human-sized results. But when believers live in the power of the Spirit, the evidence in their lives is supernatural. The evidence in their lives is supernatural. A sanctified believer is a supernatural believer. Again, we go back to why aren't believers living in this reality of Jesus sanctifies? Well, because it is really hard to die to ourselves. But let me challenge you. Ask the Holy Spirit for the hunger for more of Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you those answers to the questions of what needs to come out of my life. And then surrender those to the Lord, <clears throat> even though it's painful. And just watch how things change. 
Watch how it changes how you interact with your family. The holier, holier you are, the more holy words that will come out of your mouth. The holier you are, the more holy reactions we will have to our crazy chaos that is in our lives. That is that surrender, that constant surrender to the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we can impact the lives of those around us, not just for now, but for eternity. Listen to what A.W. Tozer says. Everything that men do in their own abilities is done for time alone. Only what is done through the eternal spirit will abide for eternity. Man, I love that quote. I've used that so much in my life, asking the question, am I doing things in my own power? Am I looking at my own abilities and saying, that's enough? Or am I asking for the supernatural injection of the Holy Spirit to come and change everything that I do? Jesus sanctifies. Jesus desires to sanctify you through and through. Jesus desires more for you than you desire for yourself. And there is so much more to our faith than Jesus saved us from hell. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit has been stirring you up today, that He has been showing you those areas that you need to surrender, but also that He has just been energizing your soul with a passion for more. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for myself. That's my prayer for you, is that the Holy Spirit is energizing your soul with a hunger for more. I hope that your spiritual belly is starving and saying, oh, I just want something to eat. I need more Jesus right now. Because my friends, that is how we are going to move through this pandemic. That is how the church is going to move during the end of days. That is how the church is going to impact those who are lost right now. It's not sitting on our hands saying, I have attained everything I need to attain as a believer. It is saying, there is more. There is more that God wants to do in me. There is more that God wants to do through me. Holy Spirit, give me the hunger. Give me the passion so that I can do what you've called me to. That is a great prayer, and one that I'm praying for you and myself. So just to conclude with the idea of what is the process of sanctification, we see that it is both positional and progressive, that the Holy Spirit desires to dig deeper into our lives, that we need to surrender to His desires and not our own. Let me give you four points, four points that you can go home with. First, you need to recognize your own inability to remain or continue to be holy. Second, you need to seek to rid yourself and myself of the hindrances in our lives to holiness. Of course, with His help, the Holy Spirit's help. Third, you and I need to submit to Jesus as King of all, not just as fire insurance, and we need to desire obedience for His glory. Finally, four. Give the Holy Spirit access to empower you. Give the Holy Spirit access to empower you. Choose this process. Choose the process of sanctification. It is hard, but worth it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you so much that Jesus died on the cross to save me. And to save all of us who believe from Satan's sin and death. But we're also saved too. God, you sent Jesus 
to open up the doors and possibilities of sanctification, where it's not just a one and done. It's not just, okay, I'm saved now, that's all I'm going to do. God, there's so much more. I pray right now that your Holy Spirit will impress upon each person's heart the desire for more of you, that they won't be satisfied being a bottle floating in the ocean, but they'll seek more. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll speak deeply to their hearts about the areas that need to be surrendered because that is where we find sanctification. Sanctification is found in surrender. Thank you, Father, in your name. Amen.